beautiful day as we've had over the weekend. We'll continue that again tomorrow, too. Wednesday, not bad either. We have sunny skies today and tomorrow, mid-70s, overnight, 50s and 60s. Mostly for the afternoon tomorrow, it's going to be around the mid-70s. Sunny skies to resume. Wednesday, a few fair weather clouds, 70s. By Thursday, rounds of showers are coming in, associated with another front. Colder temperatures Friday into the weekend. Ralph Sanjay, WGSO. Henry Turner Jr. Day presents a taste of the Deep South. It's all about music, food, arts, and culture of the Deep South. It happens downtown Baton Rouge at Riverfront Plaza, 300 River Road South, November 6th and 7th, 12 noon till 8 p.m. The pre-party is Thursday, November 4th at Henry Turner Jr. Listening Room, 8 p.m. till midnight, 2733 North Street. For more information, htjday.com. because it's not freezing cold like it was last week. It's beautiful out here, and uh, I'm going to enjoy doing another show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. This is the food show, not a weather show, but I do love to marvel at the outside. <clears throat> I am an al fresco person from the day I was born. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk to me. I'd love to talk to you about food. Over the weekend... We had a wonderful experience and a horrible experience at the same place. <laughs> it's really unfortunate. I don't know that I'll be able to go back to the anchor. It has nothing to do with them and everything to do with us. <clears throat> You'll have to read it in the book, which is in the works, but let it suffice to say it was unfortunate. I almost cried because I really love the anchor. And I'm, I'm a little embarrassed now. So, <clears throat> so much for that. But on Friday evening, we went to the restaurant upstairs, Chifunctas. And we had never been to the bar menu, which turns out is not much of a bar menu. But what's there is really great. They have apparently a, <clears throat> a regular poo-poo platter which you never see anywhere anymore, but I guess it's just a fun little take on, well, it is a poo-poo platter. <laughs> and uh, they often, I think, have another thing that they serve, but that particular day, it was only the poo-poo platter. Now, this isn't your average poo-poo platter because it's chifunctas after all. <clears throat> but um, it was lamb ribs, grilled lamb ribs. Patty, even you would have liked them. There were grilled shrimp, a fried wonton in a sauce, shrimp toast, and there was another thing. I have to think of what it is. I'll probably have to look at the, at the picture. But it was 
a lot of food, actually. It was really quite a lot of food. We had an amuse-bouche brought to us. I don't know if everyone gets that or if we got that because Tom was there. <clears throat> but um, it was really great. It was a um, like a, a boudin egg roll slice with collards, I think as part of the innards of the egg roll. And it had chutney on top. And it was divine. And I would have eaten a whole plate of those. <clears throat> and I asked for some of the bread because I'm just nuts about that bread. And then the poo-poo platter came and it was pretty massive. And that was dinner for us. We did get a dessert. And uh, it, was, it was terrific. <clears throat> we sat in the bar for the first time ever. The bar is huge at Chifunctas. The whole place is huge, but the bar is huge. And we sat there because it was cold. And I wanted to be outside, but couldn't be because it was cold. And so um, we sat there with the big glass windows through the whole place. And it was almost like being outside. So we got a good view of everything. The bar was quiet when we arrived <coughs> at 4.30 and got packed before we left. <clears throat> and I asked if that was kind of normal, and they said, yeah, it's it's actually a really good bar crowd. I just am not used to the North Shore being a bar scene. We've been living over here for 30 years, <clears throat> and when we moved over here, it was people like us who were moving over here for their family. I'm not used to seeing singles over here and young couples without kids. But there are apparently a lot of those now, 30 years later. And that's great because that's just a different part of the community. And it gives restaurants like that an opportunity to do well with a bar. I know that Desi Vegas has a great <clears throat> bar scene. Del Porto has had a good one for a long time. But I'm glad to see that Chifunctas also has a good bar scene. So we will be back. Well, I would say we will be back, but I, I don't know how long it's going to be for me to get over the weekend event. <clears throat> but I want to go back. Let's put it that way. <clears throat> we also tried to go to Eric Cook's place over the weekend. It was the first time... We attempted to go across the lake in a long time. And that part went really well. But Tom doesn't do traffic too well. And if you don't do traffic well, you should stay the hell out of the French Quarter. Which I didn't really think about until after we were in the traffic. <clears throat> so by the time we arrived at the restaurant and I found a place to park, that was definitely not going to happen. So I actually was starting to park when I realized that I really shouldn't do that because bad things were going to happen. And so I had to drive off. I had to drive off after my parking place was there. And it, was, it turned out to be a beautiful day on Saturday. I was a little nervous about going over and sitting outside. <clears throat> but it turned out to be actually a gorgeous day. So after aborting that... I refused to return home without at least eating somewhere on the South Shore. So we went to, this is so far beneath 
Eric Cook's place, but we wound up at Atavalo, which is not a bad place. Have you ever been there, Patty? I think I asked you that. <clears throat> no, I haven't. Where is it? It's in Lakeview, isn't it? No, it's not. It's oh, okay. it's at Lakeside. Hello. Tom, I have oh, a cinnamon okay. roll and some coffee in your usual spot for you. Nice hot coffee. Anyway, um, <clears throat> it is in the old Baco. Not oh, Baco. Okay. It's okay. the old Bravo space. Yeah, the old I know. Bravo I space. I know exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and, uh, <clears throat> and so it doesn't take a lot to talk me out of the French Quarter. <laughs> well, and you so know, I, you forgot it was Halloween weekend. I, that's another thing. That's another thing. I realized when I saw the orange hair, well, you know, in the French Quarter, that could just be a regular day. But right. it did occur to me that it was Halloween at that point, And I thought, you know what, this was dumb as can be. Uh, but it was a nice day and it worked out fine. We went to Atavalo, which is really good. You know, I don't know if I've just inherited Tom's aversion to chains by osmosis i don't know but we arrived at a tavolo which is a beautiful place and i just couldn't get the whole chainy thing out of my head and then we sat down we had um neapolitan pizza which is the kind they do there and then we had some ziti bolognese and i got a salad which i don't know what they call it i'm gonna have to look at the menu but it's really good and it was all really good i mean it was i like the place i know that it's formulaic i know that it's a chain but i do like it and um I called my sister. She came over to visit, so we all sort of shared that, and which was a lot of food. It doesn't sound like much, but it was, and uh, it was really, it was just great. It was like mid afternoon, and uh, we sat outside, and it was uh, a lovely way to spend the day. I was massively full after that. I can't, I don't even know why, but anyway, we split the pizza, which was big, <clears throat> and then we had. Um, this bowl of ziti with a bolognese sauce that was actually very tasty. It was very tasty. It was $22, which seems like a lot for a bowl of pasta with bolognese sauce, with meat sauce. Um, but it was definitely good. And uh, th- there were several salads on the menu. And this one was sort of like a, a Mediterranean salad. And um, and it was good. It was definitely it was definitely good. It was a good way to salvage the dining experience of the day. <clears throat> I'm looking up that salad to to see what it was, but it's a good it's a it's a good little place to go. I, I think it's it's fine. It's an it's I think it's an Italian chopped salad. I think that's what they call. It. No, no, it's not it. It's the Insalata Mista. <clears throat> and it's got the Eat Fit um, stamp on it. It was artichoke hearts, tomatoes, red onion, cucumber, roasted garlic, croutons, mixed greens, and a Chianti vinaigrette. It was good. It was large. It was quite large. <clears throat> and I don't know if 
I, I don't know if I ordered the small, I thought, uh, but it was large. And if the other one is larger, I think it's really a massive pile of salad. Anyway, <clears throat> a tavolo is where we wound up for lunch. I will talk some more about that in a minute. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. And supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are eight to four weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294-4815 Conti Street. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood, celebrating 25 years. You make me feel so young. Thank you, Tom. I went to get Tom a cinnamon roll today because it's National Cinnamon Day. And cinnamon is one of his very favorite things. So I got him a cinnamon roll at Zoe's Bakery up here, not far from our house. And... I talked to Shane Gorringe, who is the owner of the place, and he is a European baker from Britain. We got to talking as we often do. I really like him. And we've had many a conversation about whether or not he's going home, and the COVID thing has really messed up his ability to see his family that he's very close to. And he said, well, it's not only that. I mean, it's just messed up everything. He said, this supply chain thing is really, really bad. He said, I'm having trouble getting chocolate. And I went, what? <laughs> he said, I'm having a horrible time getting chocolate. He said, I, I don't know where this goes, but it's really that hard to get it. He said, and the price... It used to be I would pay $50 for, I don't know, whatever increment he was saying. And the price the last time I bought it was $150. So, <clears throat> wait, I'm not sure if he said $150 or $300. Anyway, it's insane. And he was talking to a restaurateur up here. And they made a pact if anyone finds chocolate to uh, to get some for the other ones. So that's... That's horrifying. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know if I got to start stocking up on chocolate even more than I do. But I mean, I have enough chocolate to last for a while. But who knows how long this will go on? Five five six nine six nine six is the number. You want to talk? Let's talk about food. If kind of a, I won't say it's a limited menu. It's a perfectly fine menu, although it's considerably larger. I mean, smaller than it was when we went last year. I'm talking about a tavolo. The Neapolitan pizza was good. But I, I've decided I'm not a fan of Neapolitan pizza. I mean, I will if, you know, if it means no pizza at all, because I really do like the concept of pizza. But this pizza had a, <clears throat> I would say, an unusually or disproportionately large 
rim to it. It was like there was a little inside. I won't say a little. It was a normal size inside. But the crust was maybe two inches of dough around the edges, which is kind of too much, I think. I mean, I like a dough as well as the next person, but I think that's a little too much. Anyway, I ordered pepperoni, and I had them put it on one half, and I've decided I've got to quit ordering like that. Because it used to be where I would get pepperoni if I had it placed on half, and the person would do what I said in the order, which is take all of the pepperoni that you would put on this pizza and then put it on half and leave the other half with cheese. But somehow or another that's morphed into half cheese, half pepperoni. And I don't want it to be that way because then you only get the pepperoni for one half of the pizza when I could have all the pepperoni. And I have to just quit ordering it that way. I just have to order a pepperoni pizza and move the pizza over to my side. And that's it. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk about food, let's do it. I'm sure everyone had a fun time for Halloween. I don't know. I hate it when all holidays become just another day. Patty, did you do anything special for Halloween? No. <laughs> no. We does never. It, does we, it ups- we never get trick or treaters in my neighborhood. You don't. So okay. Mm-mm. I wound up eating all the candy, uh-huh. so this year we didn't even buy any. <laughs> oh, that's too bad because I, I would like to eat all the candy. <laughs> um, the kids, when they were younger, how long have you lived in that house? Oh, we've lived there for 20 years. Okay, so the kids were young then, weren't they? Well, actually, probably not. No, they were both, they were gone when, by the they time were, we okay. moved in there. They were on their own. Okay. So, but when my kids the were house young, you lived- we lived in, uh, we lived uptown and we used to go trick or treating all the time, costumes and mm-hmm. all that. And it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently there were lots of trick or treaters uptown because um, my brother had to drop his daughter off at somebody's house and uh, he said there were lots and lots of kids running around the neighborhood. So that's good. We've never lived in a place where there were trick-or-treaters. I mean, my kids, like Jude is only now having a, quote, normal trick-or-treating experience. But neither one of my kids, they grew up in the country, so we didn't, we didn't. We were one of those people who drove to neighborhoods to trick-or-treat. And um, and no one ever trick-or-treated here. So uh, I haven't given out candy, and I haven't taken any kids trick-or-treating. So I have this vast void, Halloween void in my heart about that. Anyway, 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm here. I want to talk to you. Today is also Vinegar Day. Vinegar is kind of a hip ingredient now. I mean, it used to be where it was just vinegar. As a matter of fact, my experience with vinegar is from my mother who used vinegar in lieu of any kind of salad dressing. So I grew up without the proper attachment to salads because all of our salads had vinegar on it, period, not even oil. But vinegar is is good, and it's becoming really 
one of those health foods, I guess. So, um, you know, it's probably the sales have increased dramatically. Anyway, it's National Vinegar Day, which has a lot of possibilities. Vinegar is essential for salad dressings and such, but it's always in the back of Tom's mind in sauces. Next time you make up a recipe that calls for lemon juice and the lemon flavor is less essential than the acidity, try using vinegar instead. I don't know. I use them both. A good quality wine vinegar is what Tom would recommend. Tom has taken it to hollandaise sauce, using it in hollandaise sauce, and uh, likes the result rather well. The source of the word vinegar is interesting. It comes from two French words, vinaigre, which means sour wine, with a secondary idiomatic meaning sick wine. In all of Tom's years of wine tasting, he's never encountered a bottle of wine that had gone to vinegar. We did recently for Tom's birthday, a lot of them. Uh, however, he once had a little wooden barrel that was charged with mother, the enzyme that converts wine to vinegar. You'd pour leftover wine into it, and within just a day or two, it would have turned it all to an excellent vinegar. Occasionally, you can use the little spout and let a few drops run into a spoon, then let friends take a sniff of it. They always said the same thing. That, that made my mouth water. We used vinegar a lot in the old days when we did a lot of cooking here or baking here. Uh, if there was a need for buttermilk and we didn't have buttermilk, what we did was um, <clears throat> we take milk and put a tablespoon of vinegar in it and that would instantly turn it to buttermilk. And so uh, that's probably the the most frequent use we ever had for for uh for vinegar here in this house like i said we didn't do a lot of cooking five five six nine six nine six is the number edible dictionary word today is brought to you by dorignax one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time today's edible dictionary word is resole resole yeah that's it resole it's a ball of meat poultry fish or even vegetables held together with something like egg or bechamel and covered with a crust of pastry or breadcrumbs then fried the word has become rather generic all around new orleans it's not much use there being other words like croquette or just ball among them to describe this sort of thing, small crab cakes, meat pies, boudin balls, and the like could be considered risoles. The only reason that we bring it up here is that it's been on local menus twice when Tom wrote this, but I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever seen that word on a menu. Have you, Patty? Risole. No, I'm not. R-I-S-O-L-L-E. Usually you see crab cakes, which you think of as an actual crab cake, but in fact, it's a ball that's fried um, with breadcrumbs. But I've not seen pastry, anything wrapped in pastry like that. Anyway, I'll look for it maybe. If we're talking about it, who knows? It may turn up like the hangtown fry. The old kitchen sage <laughs> says when you boil eggs, use standard balsamic vinegar in the boiling water. It will turn the shells a little brown, telling you at a glance which ones in the refrigerator have been boiled. Hmm. You know, I never have a problem with that. 
it doesn't seem like all that big of a deal. If you crack an egg, well, actually, it could be a big deal if you were cracking an egg, thinking it was hard-boiled and it turned out to not be. We don't eat a lot of hard-boiled eggs in this house. If you're, if you're offered a balsamic vinaigrette in a restaurant, this is Deaf Dining Rule number 892, ask which balsamic vinegar they use. If you don't get an answer, they really didn't make it themselves, and it probably isn't made with real balsamic. Who makes their own balsamic vinaigrette? Oh, actually, a lot of people do. I'm thinking balsamic, balsamic vinegar. No, scratch that. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought um, you meant, too. I, th- I thought the same thing. Who makes balsamic vinegar? Doesn't that come from, like, yeah. Spain or Italy or someplace? <laughs> yes, it absolutely does come from Italy. Yeah. And it comes from a very particular place in Italy. Right. And the really great balsamic vin- vinegar- vinegars are really, really... Uh, big stuff and a real gourmet expensive item and they're like wines but balsamic vinaigrette um, is just a salad dressing which I'm not particularly all that fond of are you like are you a fond of a fan of it I do I like I like it I like it a lot I like balsamic vinegar a lot wait you do what I like balsamic vinegar a lot and usually the vinaigrette In the restaurants, it's usually pretty good. The only time I ever use balsamic vinegar is if I toss Brussels sprouts in it. And then I roast them in the oven. And that's pretty much... I've never never made a balsamic vinaigrette. Not that big of a fan of it. Keith Young's has a really great balsamic vinaigrette. Um, But that's the only one I've ever ordered. And the only time I ordered it was it was on a Greek salad, so it came with it. Normally, I would never order a balsamic vinaigrette. It is 2.30. Time for Louisiana Radio Network News. We'll be back. Talk food after that. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Dave Brannan. The season is over for Saints quarterback Jameis Winston, so who will lead the black and gold the rest of the way? Winston suffered a season-ending hey, knee injury and a big win over the Buccaneers, and Saints analyst Mike Dettelier believes Coach Sean Payton will go with Taysom Hill once he returns from a concussion. I think with a week of practice in, it's going to be Taysom Hill as the starter, not Trevor Simeon. But it was Trevor Simeon who came off the bench to help New Orleans upset the defending Super Bowl champs. Offensive tackle Ryan Ramchek says Trevor played well. He's been in this league for a while now, and I think he's got experience. And, you know, he's a good quarterback. The Saints host Atlanta this Sunday. I'm Jeff Palermo. Governor Edwards is in Scotland for the COPS 26 Climate Conference. He told those gathered today that the state, through its coastal restoration projects, is working to minimize the loss of coastal lands as the result of hurricanes and storms that decrease Louisiana's coastline far too often. We spend a billion dollars a year in order to build more land, in order to uh, make sure that we're uh, protecting the populated portions of Louisiana from storm surge. LRN. Louisiana Secretary of State Kyle Ardwan. Early voting for the November election begins October 30th, ending November 6th. If you live in an area affected by Hurricane Ida, visit GEAUXVote.com or call 800-883-2805 for information on absentee ballots, polling place changes, and election dates and deadlines. I'm Secretary of State Kyle Ardwan reminding you to go vote. I chose to get the vaccine because it's safe for me, it's safe for you, and it's the best way to eradicate this virus. I don't want to be the reason that if I catch it and I end up giving it to somebody else. I'm not a scientist, but I can read, and I thought it was my responsibility to make my own decision for me first and then my community. We have older people dying and children under 12 that cannot get the shot. Please get the shot. 
The COVID-19 vaccine is now FDA approved. For information, visit covidvaccine.la.gov. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs, and now they have come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for FunkyUncle.Live. FunkyUncle.Live is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.FunkyUncle.Live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on November 3rd, it's Kevin Gulledge and the Gosh, Blues Groovers. Some, oh, and on November 10th, Indian Water featuring Big Chief Gerald Page. For more information on how you can support live from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live and follow us on social media. I get misty just holding your hand. Eddie, five five six nine six nine six. Happy All Saints Day to you. You know... I've been annoyed about this for a long time. Um, I think it's less so than it was maybe, I don't know, eight years ago. But Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, is less a holiday in itself and more a sort of sidebar to the real holiday, which is the Day of the Dead in Mexico and here All Saints Day. Do you remember when everybody was all about the Day of the Dead, Patty? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it was a big deal. <laughs> it was most ridiculous, though, because we don't celebrate that here. We celebrate something else, All Saints Day. And as much as I like those cartoonish skeletons and all the colorful things around them, we do All Saints Day here. And uh, the, the, the the Day of the Dead thing is kind of interested in a pretty kind of creepy way. Like All Saints Day. Okay, so you have someone that you're going to go visit in the cemetery. And that's kind of it. But there, like, they they have a lot of... Parties. Mem memorabilia. <laughs> they have parties. <laughs> Yes, but they have the memorabilia, like the the skeletons and the. Oh I yeah, mean, right. There's like a there's a lot of giga associated with it, which is strange. I think it's very strange. Have you ever been, have you been down to any of those places no. on that day? No, but they they do a pretty big thing in the French Quarter for the Day of the Dead. They have, oh, they do. They have they a still crew do it? called a Skull and Bones, I think. Oh, really? And so they're still doing it. Yeah, okay. they do like a pub crawl, and it's all when these did it people, start? Uh, it's been going on for a while for for as long as I can remember. And they dress up in well, how long is that? Skulls, <laughs> and, you, know, I, you know, I'd say <laughs> I find at least for me that's less and less. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it more than ten years? Oh, yeah, yeah more than 10 years oh really mm -hmm. you know i didn't i wasn't even aware of the whole day of the dead thing until i don't know maybe 2007 yeah and then and then i guess about eight years ago it was all over the place here i remember 
Zia, well, not Zia, but Mizado had a big deal about it. Yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah, they were kind of big into it. And then it just kind of died away except for the, the crew in the quarter, which makes perfect sense. But yeah, I don't really, you know, I'm not in the quarter. So, so I didn't know. But I just, I used to see it like on menus and it was kind of a, like, they were kind of, I was thinking that they were trying to replace our Halloween with Day of the Dead. But it seems like that's subsided. So maybe we've had the... We've had the little fad, and it's it's only in the quarter for the parade where you can do Day of the Dead stuff. But back to All Saints Day, Tom actually has it here in his almanac. All Saints Day is a big holiday in New Orleans. At one time in the not-so-distant past, it was even a day off for city workers. I think it's more than a not-so-distant past. That's been a long time ago. The tradition is to visit the graves of all your relatives on All Saints Day after weeding after weeding them and adding fresh flowers the day before. Some of the earliest recollections that Tom had of dining out are associated with All Saints Day. His family rode the Canal Cemetery streetcar to dress up the tomb of his maternal grandmother. After his mother and sisters did that, they had lunch at Lenfin's. I didn't know that Tom ever went out to lunch. I didn't know they ever went out to a restaurant. Uh, he seldom dined in restaurants. Well, there you go. He seldom dined in restaurants, so the visits stand out in his memory. He remembers being thrilled by Lenfin's. His mother, on the other hand, complained about the prices and the suboptimal cooking. She was a terrific cook and a hard target for anyone else's food. Did you ever do that, Patty? Did no. you ever make a day of it? Yeah. I don't no, know what but, he's talking but about. a lot of my family members did. You know, they would go they out did. and they'd, you know, wash down the tombs and paint them if they needed to be painted and bring fresh flowers. Yeah, it was a big deal. Really? Mm -hmm. And then did they go eat somewhere after that? I don't remember because I, I never went mm -hmm. with them, but I, I, I bet they did. Or either they went to somebody's house and had a big spread, yeah. you know? Mm. Yeah. Interesting tradition. Uh, Brennan's opened the bar in its new location on Royal Street today in 1955. It would be a few more months before full food service began. Diners wanting eggs, hussard, and steak Stanley were still getting those Brennan's classics at the corner of Bourbon and Bienville, the restaurant's original location. Let's see, Bourbon and Bienville. Bourbon and Bienville. I'm trying to picture that. I didn't realize that went all the way out there. Just goes to show you how much I know about the French Quarter and its environs. Today is also National Deep Fried Clams Day. Who cares? Which is almost reason enough to stay home. Tom says we don't like clams much in New Orleans, even though they grow by the millions in Lake Pontchartrain. But nobody seems to have eaten them much ever. I remember the days of, I guess this goes back to the whole Ichabod's time frame, the 70s. And uh, you could get clams on a seafood platter. I remember that. And I used to eat them too. And I might even have liked them. I don't know how much. And maybe I just liked it because it was a fried something on a seafood platter. But um I do remember days when there were fried clams on seafood platters. Am I imagining that? I don't think so. I'm I, rem I, I remember. You do? Yeah, I remember fried clams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
I do. I do think they used to be kind of scattered about on a seafood platter, way back in the days of the old West End. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk food with me, I'm here to do that with you, as we have been doing for thirty three years, here on the Food Show. Let's see the words to eat by today from Elsa Maxwell, an American writer. She died today in 1963. Serve the dinner backward. Do anything, but for goodness sake, do something weird. Okay? <laughs> I don't know that anybody does that as sort of a goal. I mean, maybe the people doing the Day of the Dead party down in the French Quarter uh, on the Day of the Dead, you know, on Halloween. But I, I don't know. It seems like if you're having somebody over for dinner... You don't really want to freak them out. doesn't seem like the right thing to do. Words to drink by today from Janet Mackenzie Hill, a cookbook author in the late 1800s and early 1900s, who was a collaborator of Fanny Farmers. And she said, in most households, a cup of coffee is considered the one thing needful at the breakfast hour. But how often this exhilarating beverage that comforteth the brain and heateth and helpeth digestion is made muddy and ill-flavored. You may roast the berries to the queen's taste and grind them fresh every morning. And yet, if the golden liquid be not prepared in the most immaculate of coffee pots, with each return of morning, a new disappointment awaits you. We are creatures of habit, aren't we? You know, Mike told me how to make Tom's coffee better. And I am eternally grateful because um, Tom raves about his coffee now. And I, I really didn't do anything. I did, I did what he told me, which was to beef up the amount of coffee grinds in the coffee, like by double. And that worked well for a while. But then in the last, I guess, two weeks, I decided I'm sick of Tom's sweet and low packets everywhere. And so when we ran out of the last batch, I just started using regular sugar. But then I put a lot of milk in it, kind of like his old formula. He used to do a full-fledged cafe au lait every day. And he's been off of that for a lot of years. I don't know why, because, I mean, milk doesn't seem to be offensive. I mean, Tom was never concerned about calories to begin with, but I don't know. He just sort of dropped off of the milk for a while there. And so I brought back a massive amount of milk, and his coffee is that tan color rather than real coffee color. And he's been raving about the last couple of pots of it, which means he drinks more of it, which means I have more of a job to do. Because when I first took over coffee for Tom, I realized that it was actually a full-time job in and of itself. And I'm back to doing that again. Stupid me. Oh, you know what? I looked up Sanka, Patty, since we talked about oh, Sanka. Did? Sanka is an instant coffee. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. And isn't it decaf or is it decaf? Yes, yes, it is decaf. Mm -hmm. That was one of its big selling points. So I guess Sanko was the coffee for everyone in the middle of the 20th century that didn't care at all about taste or coffee. <laughs> so there's no caffeine in it. It's not real. 
So I guess that's what, but it's still being made and it's still at Walmart. Now, Nicole's going to text me that、hmm. she probably has it too. But as I've said before, all of those mid century, from the 20th century products that you never see anymore, you go to Walmart. And then Nicole told me that she has Jiffy Pop, which I'm super excited about. I know where to get some now. And、uh, the Chef Boyardee pizza kit. And what was the other one that I was saying? Oh, banquet frozen dinner. So she has all those things too. So I guess they are around somewhere. You just have to know where to go. We'll have to ask her if Sanka is on her shelf. 5569696. I'm glad that there are things on her shelf because the more I'm shopping, the more depressed I get about the fact that there are a lot and lot of open shelves out there. All right, we will be back after these messages. 556 9696. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville. 985-845-9940. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madam, with you. The melodious sounds of Tom Fitzmorris.、Uh, I've just been informed by his singing instructor, and I put that in quotes, that she's not going to be around next weekend. So. I don't,、uh, I don't know how Tom's going to take that, but he, he sings with her every Friday. It's his former choir director, and it's really it's nice. It's good for both of them. Yesterday was National Candy Apple Day, which is appropriate, of course, because it was、uh, Halloween. Are you a candy apple person, Patty? I am. The, the red, not caramel, the red kind. What is that? It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like red sugar. On the outside, you know, the hard red shell. So it's like, it's like a lollipop, only it's a shell around yeah, an apple? Yeah.、Uh, that must be hard to crack into because the、is. lollipops can. <laughs>、uh, okay. <laughs> But worth it. So worth it. I love it. <laughs> Do you ever make them? No. It, it, you know, where have you seen that? Well, you can buy them at Mardi Gras, and there's the candy apple store in the French Quarter. Oh.、Okay. You know, it's one of those things. Where you have to know your limitations. And one of my limitations is candy. I, I really have a problem making candy. It either doesn't get, I mean, I made fudge one time, then I put it in the freezer and it still didn't get hard. So yeah, I don't,、yeah. I don't、mm-hmm. fool with candy.、Yeah. It's too, you got to get it. How do you do with pecan、right. pie? That's、oh, my I, Achilles. I do a pretty、heel. good pecan pie. I can make do you really? Because、mm-hmm. it's the same kind of thing. I mean, it's, the, the candy thing is harder to do. Yeah, because you've got to cook. Pie is also the, pretty hard to get set. Yeah, yeah I, I don't seem to have a problem with that. It's the candy where you have to, you know, with the softball、yeah. stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really hard. I, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. We had this、um, phase. I, I, when my kids were little, I had a lot of phases about books that came into this house that I'd get fixated on. And I would want to do all the stuff. This is where my Martha Stewart obsession started. But before the Martha, Martha Stewart obsession, I had a Skitch Henderson obsession, <laughs> or rather, with his wife, who was some Scandinavian woman. 
and she had a lot of the old country traditions that she brought to this country when she married him. And he lived on this huge tract of land in New England. And I mean, even if you don't like the weather or, I don't know, the politics or whatever of New England, um, there is something about it being the origin of the country where you have these romantic fantasies about winter in New England. Or is that just me? I don't know. (laughs) You know, where you trudge through the snow and you bring your Christmas tree back and everybody's drinking apple cider and hot chocolate. Is it just me, Patty? Uh, It might be. (laughs) (laughs) Trudging through the snow just doesn't, yeah. No. Well, you know, snow is really nice if you're if you're properly attired. I mean, I lived out west for a little while, and it snowed. And if you're properly attired, it's exhilarating for a it short is. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, did I, uh, no, we just, we did. I was about to say, did we have to take a break? No, we took one. Um, the book was Seasons in the Country, and it was about all of the things that she made with her kids, all the treats and all the traditions having to do with the holidays. And there was this one chapter about making that kind of candy with the ball and the perfect temperature and giant lollipops and stuff like that. And I actually did it and it worked too. I mean, this is one of the few things I'm really shocked because usually those projects don't come out because I'm very bad at doing directions. That's the problem. But, um, for some reason it came out the, the, um, the candy, the lollipops definitely did come out, but I've never had a lot of luck with fudge either. And definitely not with pecan pie. One time I was taking a pecan pie out of the oven and I dropped it in the oven. And so we had to practically solder all the sugar or blowtorch all the sugar off of the the grate in the kitchen, in the the oven. That was in my home of origin. My mother was not happy at all. 5569696 is the number. I have my ex-sister-in-law to thank for that because up until that part, up until that phase, uh, no one in my home had ever even considered that you could put pecans in a pie that was absolutely groundbreaking information and then I became obsessed with pecan pies and started baking them but they never did they never did gel they never did come out the old kitchen sage says the most essential use for expensive kitchen shears will not be revealed until the first time you try to butterfly quail (laughs) patty did you get that Uh, yeah (laughs) i don't have to worry about that the old kitchen sage must be really snooty is all i can say i don't i don't know that i've ever tried to butterfly quail if you are a member of this audience and you have butterflied quail with a kitchen shears with kitchen shears please do call the show 556-9696 i promise not to to tease you 
I, I am most intrigued that there would be a time, by the way, has never butterflied quail with kitchen shears. No, that's but I me. know. I thought, Tom, I, I thought Tom would have done that. Well, okay. Now, I've been with Tom a long time. Well, let me say that. I don't think Tom has ever done that. Let me reiterate that. Because Tom did more cooking with me than he ever did before me. I mean, we had a family and friends with kids and we had meals that we cooked here. And prior to that, Tom never ate at home. So if he was going to butterfly a quail with a with kitchen shears, it would have been in my presence. And I can tell you, <laughs> it never happened. I did not witness any such thing. And if anyone else has done that, please give us a call. Did I mention that we have Kevin Belton on today at 3 o'clock? He is stepping in for... Um, the woman who is in charge of this new series at the Historic New Orleans Collection, which sounds very interesting, actually. It is a, um, it's a historian, and she has done a lot of research about, I think she's in New York, actually. She's, what, from the New York Times or something? Yeah, I think so. And she's done, she's done local food traditions and local food history in a lot of different places and so in conjunction with her at the new orleans historic collection or the historic new orleans collection starting this week there are going to be zoom classes or zoom sessions where you can learn about uh historic food and this first one is street food in new orleans which is kind of interesting because i didn't know that there was a lot of street food in New Orleans. It's not the kind of place that you would think of a lot of street food. I mean, there's not, it's not that many people on the street. I mean, maybe now there are more people. I don't know, but I just it doesn't seem like a street food kind of place. But anyway, uh, this series starts on Friday, and the person that we had scheduled had to uh, defer, and Kevin Belton, who is going to be the MC for the event, uh, is going to step in for her. And I hope he's... Um, got a lot of information about this because I was looking forward to that interview and I, it, you know, I like history and um, I, I want to hear about the street food from way back in the day in New Orleans. So that's going to be at the Historic New Orleans Collection. Have you ever been there, Patty? I have. It's really fascinating. It is. It really is. Um, it's, a, it's a treasure, I think. And whenever they have a food exhibit, it's... Um, it's nice. I and mean, they've had a couple that I remember. But this is going to be really, I think, especially interesting. And although, you know, it's on Zoom, so it's probably going to lose a little something in the translation. But it is free, so no reason not to do it. I mean, if you don't mind Zoom calls. Uh, Alfred Lloyd Tennis Lord Tennyson is a words to eat by today. A pastry. No, I mean, I'm sorry. A pasty costly made where quail and pigeon lark and leveret lay like fossils of the rock with golden yolks embedded and enjellied. What? Why is that here? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those things where I start reading it and 
I'm not afraid because it's off color or because it's politically incorrect, but this one is just simply nonsensical. <laughs> really? Let me read it again. A pasty, and he means a Cornish pasty, which is that, which is essentially a meat pie, but not as good as the ones from Natchitoches. It's a meat pie with things originally like mutton and potatoes in it. It's a British thing, a Cornish thing, actually. A pasty, costly made, where quail and pigeon, lark and leveret lay, like fossils of the rock, with golden yolks embedded and enjellied. Yep. That still is not yeah, as simple as the first time I read it. I'm sorry. My apologies, folks. I have no idea what that's even doing in this or why it captured Tom's fancy to put it in here. Words to drink by today are from a French writer of the 1600s named John Sermond. And he says, if all be true that I do think, there are five reasons we should drink. This would at least make sense. Good wine, a friend, or being dry, or lest we should be by and by, or any other reason why. Well, not a lot more sense. I'm going no. to think about it. I'm going to think about it again. Let's do it again. If all be true that I do think, there are five reasons we should drink. Okay, so far so good. Good wine, a friend, or being dry, or lest we should be by and by, or any other reason why. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense for somebody who likes to drink, I think. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see if there's anything else that we missed from yesterday's uh, almanac. I do like to go through the weekends because there's some fun stuff sometimes. Oh, it's quail day. Oh, it was quail day yesterday. Um, and we'll get back to that because we don't really have a lot of time. But it was, um, it's Nash, it was National Candy Apple Day and also quail day, but Tom has a lot to say about quails. I do have time for an edible dictionary. Suvaroff, it's brought to you by Dorignax, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. Suvaroff is a French word. It's a style of preparing game birds in which the birds are stuffed with foie gras and truffles. Browned in butter, then baked until finished. The sauce is a light demi-glace with truffles and Madeira. It's named after a young member of the Russian, or Crimean to be exact, aristocracy in the late 1800s, as was very popular in those tight circles. He dined around Paris enough that this dish was named for him. The best bird, a la Suvorov, is pheasant, whose richness of flavor is heightened by the foie gras, which also helps to keep the notoriously dry bird moist. Maybe at 3.30, Patty, I want to start talking about Thanksgiving because, I mean, it's November now. It's going right. to be here in three it weeks. Is. So do you do Thanksgiving at your house? We usually eat out on Thanksgiving as the oh. family got smaller and it's uh -huh. just Bob and I and... Yeah. One of our kids. And so we uh -huh. used to, we eat out. Yeah. Pa uh, Mary Lee and I were talking about, Mary Lee's her favorite 
holiday ever was Thanksgiving for so, so many years. And it was a great time. We had like 50 people over here at the height. And now it's just down to us. Mm-hmm. And she said, when I asked her about it the other day, she goes, let's just get it over with. <laughs> just get it over with. It's sad how things go from that to this. It's really too bad. Mm-hmm. All right. We will be, we'll be back with Kevin Belton after the top of the hour news. Louisiana Radio Network, WGSO New Orleans. It's 3 o'clock. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Gas prices keep climbing. After passing $3.40 a gallon on Friday, the AAA national average for regular is up another tenth of a cent on Monday. The average price now is up more than 20 cents a gallon in the past month. The least expensive gas in the country is in Oklahoma, where the statewide average is just under $3.01 a gallon. In California, meanwhile, the statewide average is now above $4.60. This as President Biden insists time is running out to address climate change. Biden speaking at the International Climate Summit in Scotland. Will we do what is necessary? Will we seize the enormous opportunity before us? We will condemn future generations to suffer. The country that emits the most CO2s in the world, China, not attending the summit. This is USA Radio News. What better gift to give your loved ones than the gift of good health? And where better to buy those good health gifts than Sunny-Bay.com? Hey, it's great that you're hearing this message now because buying your holiday gifts from Sunny Bay early will save you money. And that's just one reason why Sunny Bay is in business and has been for over 15 years, helping you with fashionable and useful products for better health. See our unique and quality-made travel pillows or our unique neck and body wraps that help immediate pain relief and deep muscle relaxation. Come at a wide variety of uses. Apply hot or cold therapy and are all made in the U.S. See our great selection, affordable prices, and wonderful health products at sunny-bay.com. And remember, order early when our stock is high and shipping is fast. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. And happy holidays from Sunny Bay. Reaction continuing to come in to the Biden administration reportedly considering paying illegal immigrants who were separated from family members at the U.S. southern border during former President Trump's time in office. Florida Republican Senator Rick Scott telling Fox Business. What are we thinking? Why would we be doing this? They broke our laws. These individuals broke the laws of the United States of America, and then the Biden administration, once they write them a check. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin held a press conference on Monday to discuss the bipartisan infrastructure bill, as well as the budget reconciliation negotiations. Manchin saying both bills should not be tied to one another, and that he wants the House to pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. For the sake of the country, I urge the House to vote and pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Holding this bill hostage is not going to work in getting my support for reconciliation bill. You're listening to USA Radio News. Lights out, everybody. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. Pleasant dreams. The greatest radio shows of all time, USA Classic Radio Theater. On these radio stations or on demand by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater.
A fire-related death in New York City is being blamed on slow response time. As the federal government is demanding to be a part of your medical life with vaccine mandates, Americans are losing their jobs. And with the absence of first responders, this policy is making Americans less safe. Frontline workers will be rallying in Washington, D.C. today. D.C. firefighter Will Jones tells Fox News someone lost their life over the weekend in New York City because leaders there closed down over two dozen firehouses. Throughout the day, sunny skies, beautiful day as we've had over the weekend. We'll continue that again tomorrow, too. Wednesday, not bad either. We have sunny skies today and tomorrow, mid-70s, overnight, 50s and 60s, mostly. For the afternoon tomorrow, it's going to be around the mid-70s, sunny skies to resume. Wednesday, a few fair weather clouds, 70s. By Thursday, rounds of showers are coming in, associated with another front. Colder temperatures, Friday into the weekend. Ralph Sanjay, WGSO. Henry Turner Jr. Day presents a taste of the Deep South. It's all about music, food, arts, and culture of the Deep South. It happens downtown Baton Rouge at Riverfront Plaza, 300 River Road South, November 6th and 7th, 12 noon till 8 p.m. The pre-party is Thursday, November 4th at Henry Turner Jr. Listening Room, 8 p.m. till midnight, 2733 North Street. For more information, htjday.com. Now for the second course of the food show, the second hour of the food show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris, and with me today is Kevin Belton, who was here not long ago. It's nice to talk to you again. Same here. How are you today? Isn't the day gorgeous, this weather? It is a gorgeous day. It is a gorgeous day. I've been sitting outside at my house on the deck. I have this big table, and I've set up shop here, I guess, about five weeks ago, and I've been sitting out here. And then last week, it was freezing, and I thought I was going to have to stay inside now, but I'm glad that we can come back outside. I know it's only short-lived. I mean, at some point, it's going to be cold, but I'm, I'm enjoying it for now. How are you? Exactly. I am doing wonderful, doing wonderful. And, and I'm so excited to talk to you about the historic New Orleans collection because I think it's something that folks don't even realize is around to keep our culture and record our history and all. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're going to be the MC for the whole series or just the starting one on Friday? Uh, just the starting one that I know of right now on Friday. Okay. But I think it's okay. such a great idea that they have to celebrate it, it throughout the whole year, the different festivals and, and occasions that we celebrate. So I don't know very much about this, so I'm hoping that you do. And uh, I, we were um, the the person who you're stepping in for is is in New Orleans or not? Are they? This is like a New York Times person, isn't it? She actually lived, grew up in Queens. She she was born in Queens, mm-hmm. lives in New York, um, but she also lives in New Orleans part time the year. Uh, Jessica uh-huh. Harris. I mean, she's a culinary historian. She's a college professor, an author, a journalist. Uh, she kind of does it all. And and what's okay. really interesting was she received the Lifetime Achievement Award from James G- Beard 
in 2020, and she was the second African-American woman to receive it, Leah Chase being the first. Uh-huh. Um, well, Leah Chase, you know, has she's the queen. I mean, yeah. she's absolutely the queen. So what is it? How did this come about? I mean, it's uh, it, it's not just New Orleans, right? I thought this was sort of like a national thing, and New Orleans was hosting the the historic New Orleans collection was hosting the New Orleans version of it. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, it's going to be four quarterly events over the next year. And, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a celebration of the culinary seasons in South Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And this is the first one, November 6th. And it talks about, it's going to cover street food. Basically anything from, um, from what we covered was tailgating and second line hmm. and, okay. and talked about the foods at tailgating and the, how food became so popular at second line, but it's going to take on different events throughout the year. I know the next one scheduled after this one is going to explore king cakes and the Vietnamese, uh, Oh, what is Influence. it called? Ban Chung. It's, it's a winter and spring festival. It's, it's like a, it, it's a sticky rice cake. Huh. That's okay. made to celebrate during uh, the Vietnamese New Year, the Tet Festival. Uh-huh. And that's okay. going to be the next one. But this uh-huh. one, we focused on tailgating and uh, second line. I didn't know there was food at second line. I don't even understand second line. Do you, uh, can you help me out with that? So how did second line come about? Do you know? You know, I, I, I got this... Uh, Aki Singleton and her daughter, Kamika Malasson, they were with me on this, talking about the second line, how food started. You know, we have a lot of social aid and pleasure clubs. Mm-hmm. And they would have these, basically, events that would take place in neighborhoods, and they might start at one bar, and they would work their way to another bar. It was almost like a New Orleans version of a pub crawl. Yeah. Uh-huh. Except... <laughs> Except in New Orleans, besides the drink and the social aspect of it, there was always be music. So you'd have a band. Because, uh-huh. you know, when we have our, our, our jazz funerals, you have the, you know, they, 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 they play the dirge on the way to the cemetery. And then away mm-hmm. from the cemetery, the body's released and they play upbeat music. So the band is first and then all the people behind it are the second line. And that's how... My understanding is how it got its name. So these Hmm. are social events that go from place to place. It's social. It's parading through the streets, so to say, with a band. And um, Miss Singleton was telling me that she noticed that there was alcohol, there was partying, there was music, but there was no food. So Mm -hmm. she started doing a food truck. And that's how she got into doing food for the the, uh, second line. And now everybody looks for it at all the different events that take place. <laughs> See, I had no idea that that was, uh, I, I had no idea where the term second line came from. And, uh, and that's fascinating. So when did she start doing this food for second line? And well, are we talking about a second line at funerals? Or are we talking about second line at, at events? You know, I, I think it's more of an event. I think, during different times of the year, the social and pleasure clubs 
we'll have a celebration, whether it's their anniversary or whatever. And and I should, I, I need to do a little more homework on it so I don't, you know, speak out of turn. But from what I gather, she told me she was introduced to it when she was a kid by her mom. When she was three years old, she was introduced to it by her parents. Hmm. So it's something that runs deep. I mean, you know, we, I, I think everybody's familiar with like the Mardi Gras Indians and mm-hmm. they have the crew called the skeleton crew that goes out Mardi Gras morning early. Uh, the bone men that used to walk around through the neighborhoods. Um, there's also the group like the baby dolls. Uh-huh. Well, I, I take all these different social and pleasure clubs are similar to that effect. And when they have, they would get together they would go from one spot, say if, if they started at maybe Kermit Ruffin's place right there on Claiborne Avenue mm-hmm. and go to another spot, maybe go down St. Bernard Avenue, go to another spot. Well, as they move from spot to spot and wherever they ended up, now Miss Aki parks a food truck there hmm. to feed everyone. How long has this been going on, Kevin? How long uh, have second lines, I mean, what's the first recorded date of second line you know you're the mc so i'm sure this these are questions you're probably not prepared to answer so. you know, I, but i'm I, so curious I, you know i am not really sure but but i'll say this um i want to say miss singleton is probably in her mid 50s mid to late 50s mm-hmm. and she started as a at three years old which is also interesting because her grandson is also started when he was three years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, his, her daughter, and I wish I'd know the name of the club. Her daughter was queen, picked as queen one year. So apparently these different clubs have been around since. I, I, you know, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's further back than that. I'm sure it's further back than that. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd have to say that, you know, the late 1800s, early 1900s for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, I, so I guess what, just like they've always had carnival organizations, we've always had these yeah. different social organizations. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure they're still going strong. I mean, um, I I would imagine it's it's probably every bit as popular as it used to be. So, all right, let me let's take a break, and I want to come back and talk specifically about the program itself on Friday. Okay. okay? We'll be back with with Kevin Belton after these messages. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like like the Cajun variety, and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils, Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. 
Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. True enough. Let's go back to Kevin Belton, who is joining us today to talk about the historic New Orleans collections four-part four series on Zoom about the history of New Orleans. Well, street food is just one of them, right? So the history of New Orleans yeah. food. Okay, so let's start with Friday. What's happening on Friday? On Friday is, uh, at 1 o'clock, there's a Zoom that registration is free and it's open to the public. Uh, folks can go on to HNOC, which is historicneworleanscollection.org, slash food forum. And there they can watch uh, what, we, what we talked about. Uh, there's an opening by Ms. Harris. Uh, Amanda and I uh, kind of talked about what we, what, what we were going to be, I, I should say, introduce the program, and we got to talk with Miss Aki Singleton, like I was mentioning earlier, and we also talked to Scott Sparks. He's known as Sparky, who does traditional tailgating. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and, I, and, and basically, the Zoom is at 1 o'clock on the 6th, and that evening from 5 to 7, there at 520 Royal Street at the historic collection, one of the museums, there's a 25 and it's a reception that's going to have some of the cocktails and foods from the tailgating, from inspired from the tailgating and the second lining. And admission is 25 bucks, and you just have to show you, you know, that you've been vaccinated or, or have a negative test in the past 78 hours because of mm -hmm. COVID. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in the, in the past, you know, they've always picked, they've picked a particular dish or a place and how it ended up in our culture. You know, I, I know in the past they've done things from citrus, rum, coffee, wine, pralines, beer, and rice, and, you know, how all of these things came, became part of our table. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they wanted to take a different look at it this time and showing how the foods from different events have become popular. Like here and we part took of, the and part of our history. Yeah. And part of our history, yeah, and focusing on those dishes. So like the next one is going to focus on the king cake during, mm -hmm. you know, for, for Mardi Gras. And the Vietnamese, I want to say it's bang chung, which is that, that festival. Well, I can't correct you, so rice cake. you're good. <laughs> It's it's B A N H C H U N G. I think I remembered that right. Uh huh. And I think it's pronounced Ban Chung. And and uh -huh. it's uh, I'm so curious to go taste it now. Uh, it's one of those things where I don't know if I've tasted it. I want to go back and it's taste probably it for a, sure. a Don Fong Bakery. I'm sure. Oh, I, I, I'm sure. Um, you know, it's one of those things that are, if anyone's ever gone out to the to the New Year's festival at St. Mary's Church, 
I'm sure it, it had to have been on the menu. Yeah. But I think it's yeah. so neat that the historic collection is able to take and have a spot. I mean, b- besides being a museum, a research center, they're publishing, but they keep our history alive and our yeah. culture alive of not just mm-hmm. New Orleans, but of the Gulf South. And a lot of times it focuses on food. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, I mean, it's such a big part of our culture. Food is an enormous part of our culture, you know? I mean, it's kind of like what we do, you know? My, my brother-in-law was down here a couple of months ago, and he says, all you people do is eat. And I said, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Anyway, you know, and, so, go ahead. You want to say and, something? And that's something, that we were, that's something we were talking about during, during the, the program. We were talking about how, because this is open around the country, and, and there may be even some foreign countries that might tune into this. And it's teaching them how, yes, we always talk about food, but it's not so much just about the food. It's about the visiting that takes place right. while we eat the food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about the camaraderie, yes, which is a big, big, big part. Well, it's a big part of food everywhere, but certainly here for sure. All right. So the event is at 1 o'clock. And yes. what is, is it going to be, uh, is there any time limit on it? Or is it, I mean, the program is, is do you know the program? It, it, it's going to, I'm not really sure. I, I hope it repeats at some point. I'm, I'm sure there's some kind of way it'll repeat because I'm sure everyone can't make it at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. But I know yeah. the first time it's going to air is going to be, they're going to have a live Zoom at one o'clock. And I'm sure... Uh, on the website, they may have, and shame on me for not finding out when it's going to air again, when they'll be able to have it again where folks can go back and view it that didn't get the opportunity to. I don't know how Zoom works. I didn't know you could sort of just like go and find it somewhere. So why are they not doing it live and in person because of COVID or what? Pretty much. That's mm-hmm. why, I mean, the, the last one they had was in November of uh, 2020. And that was talking about how the restaurant industry had to change in times of turbulence and change, how they had to re, kind of, they called it resetting the table. Uh-huh. And it was virtual because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're starting these off that same way. But yeah, but then they're having, having a reception no- at night in, in person, so that seems odd. Maybe just because of well, numbers or something? Well, I think that reaches the local audience for the reception, but mm-hmm. the, the Zoom reaches all the foodies right, across yeah. the country. Uh-huh. And in any okay. way you can reach folks across the country to teach them about our cuisine the proper way yeah. as opposed to, yeah. you know, just make it hot. They're just greedy down there, fry it up, and it's, a, it's good to go. Yeah. You know, so it's what very, kind of, it, it's what, a, I'm sorry. What kind of things is Sparky uh, going to be talking about? You know, Sparky is, is, is so interesting. Sparky started off a, a, as a kid going to tailgates, watching his uncles and his dad tailgating. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he was telling me how he watched them cooking, you know, they would be frying shrimp, they'd be making this, they'd be doing all of that. And all of that was like sides to go with the jambalaya, because it was always Mm -hmm. this huge pot of jambalaya. So Mm -hmm. when, when he tailgates, like for a Saints game on Sunday, he actually starts on Tuesday and Wednesday, 
starting to cut up his trinity. He uh, does a smoked pork bris- uh, brisket. He does a smoked pork butt jambalaya. So he smokes mm. the pork mm. butt all day Wednesday night till Thursday. And he's mm. prepping for two days and he pulls it off the bone and gets it all ready. And then he's out there early in the morning, you know, tailgating before the games. Uh, it, it, he's got a group called the Corner Crew now because he's gotten so popular. Plus, he's invited to different stadiums around the country to do tailgating. Oh, really? And huh. Yes. Okay. And one of his go-to is his jambalaya, that smoked pork butt jambalaya. It, I've tasted it. It's incredible. It's really good. Well, I think I think pork, when I do a jambalaya, I do the regular chicken and the sausage, but I always will go and get like, you know, little detritus things that are hanging around by pulled pork, like at the store and just get just some fat mainly to stir in there. Because uh, I think the addition of pork in a jambalaya is terrific. It's, it really adds a dimension of flavor. That's, that's pretty special. So, um, the, the tailgate is, I haven't, I'm embarrassed to say this. I've never actually been to a tailgate. Really? But is it no? I know, isn't that that's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. So, what is a tailgate? Just when I mean, do people just share food, or do they sell food, or like can anybody go to a tailgate, or most, what happens at a tailgate? Most of the time at tailgating, um, you know, it's every once a blue moon. You might have a company doing something where they may charge people twenty bucks or 10 or 20 bucks for a food and they block off an area and things like that. But usually with tailgating, it's just a bunch of family and friends getting together before a game to visit. And, you know, everybody has their spot. So you uh-huh. get to know the people next to you, across from you, down from you. And it's everybody just kind of sharing food. You know, it, it's funny okay. when, when other teams come in to play the Saints, how They'll always feed the visitors when they come in, you know, talking about, oh, y'all are going to lose today. We're going to come in here and beat these saints. And it's like, well, here, you might want to have your last meal before you go into the stadium. So we saw, <laughs> you know, I remember a movie years ago. There was, oh, this was so many years ago. They had, I don't know, the National Guard chasing people through the swamps of Louisiana. And I'm like, come on. If we were chasing people in the swamps of Louisiana, we'd be chasing them with a bowl of gumbo. You know, it's like, come back here, eat this, eat this. More fake accents too, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I I really do, it's like on my list of things to do, to go to a tailgate. But I mean, if you're not, if you're not cooking food at a tailgate, then it's kind, I always would feel like I was mooching off of people. So, I mean, I I guess, how do you? You know what, it's not mooching because think of how we are. When we go to someone's uh-huh. house, they will offer us something to eat before they offer us something to drink. So yeah. just when you're yeah. walking around tailgating, when you're walking through a tailgating area and you just behind the people and things like that, they're like, hey, come here, come here. you got to taste this. We've got plenty because uh-huh. usually you make plenty of it. And, yeah, right. And it's yeah. crazy because everybody wants you to taste their food. And, and this is it's, it's, just, it's just the way we are in Louisiana. 
in the yeah, South down right. here. It's just an incredible thing. There are some it folks is. like at LSU and I know at LSU and at UO Lafayette, those tailgates, they start like a couple days before. And there are some yeah, folks massive. that don't even go to the game. They don't go into the game. They watch it on the TV outside. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if morning. most of those people who tailgate watch it outside. Because it's much more fun to be at the party. You know? Yeah, well, you know, it's be interesting in the game. because they'll, they'll wake up in the morning, make breakfast. Then they start their, their tailgate food. And they'll have their tailgate food. A lot of them will stay outside, and, and they have monitors and TVs that they've brought and put up, you know, next to their rigs. Oh, yeah, and they're big. A lot of folks, yeah. yeah, a lot of folks will go into the game, and then when they come out after the game, they'll, they will have cooked dinner or a snack for after the game is over. So wait for all That's the traffic do. to die down and eat a game. I'll have to have <laughs> my brother-in-law come to a tailgate. He'll love that. Yes, without a doubt. <laughs> I always told friends whenever they came to LSU or into a UL game, start at the far end of the parking lot and just work your way toward the stadium. Oh, my and gosh. So well, I guess full. that's why the food in the stadium doesn't have to be that good. It doesn't have to be good because you've already eaten. All right, so, Kevin, give the details one more time. It's, it's Friday at 1 o'clock on Zoom, and how do they access that? If they go to HNOC, that's historicneworleanscollection.org slash food forum, okay? okay, all the information is there. And, okay. and I tell you what, it's really a great program, and, and I was so blessed to be a part of it. Well, um, they're blessed to have you because I'm sure it's, you're going to make it fun. So that's, that's a great thing. All right, so, and then on Friday evening, uh, if you want to pay $25 and sample some of the, the tailgating food, of course, you have to be vaxxed, so um, it's at yes. the Historic New Orleans Collection at what time? At 5 to 7, and it's okay. 520 Royal Street. And, and you get tickets, I guess, at hnoc.org? Yes, they can go online okay. and purchase tickets in advance because okay. they are limiting the number of people in. Okay. All right, Kevin, it's always nice to talk to you. Enjoy the visit. Same we'll here. talk again soon. I'm sure you've got plenty of stuff coming up that we're going to be talking about. So take care. Give, Thank you. Give my buddy a hug. We'll talk to you we'll soon. Do. Okay, bye-bye. It's Kevin Belton, Chef Kevin Belton, who's going to be emceeing the forum uh, on Zoom for the Historic New Orleans Collection this Friday on Street Food. It's 3.30. We'll be back after the news, Louisiana Radio Network. Louisiana Radio Network News, I'm Kevin Gallagher. A Washita Parish correctional officer is accused of murdering his wife and child. Washita Sheriff's Public Information Officer Glenn Springfield says law officers were called to a Monroe home 1.30 Sunday afternoon. Uh, when deputies arrived at the residence, they found two deceased victims. And the suspect, uh, Blake Bardwell, was at the scene and he was taken into custody at that point. Bardwell has been charged with two counts of second-degree murder and terminated from his job with the Washita Parish Jail. Springfield says the investigation is ongoing. Governor Edwards is in Glasgow, Scotland for the big climate change summit. Speaking at the conference, the governor says Louisiana is doing its part to address climate change. There will be lease sales in the Gulf of Mexico for wind energy probably in the next 13 to 14 months. Uh, we are bringing on utility size uh, solar projects in Louisiana. The governor returns to our state on Friday. This is news on LRN. The forecast says it'll be cold today and hot tomorrow. 
As the seasons change, the weather can become so unpredictable. Rely on the certainty of a Mueller metal roof to provide superior protection for your home from Mother Nature year after year. Made from 26-gauge steel, our energy-efficient metal roofs are hail, fire, and wind-resistant. Inner strength and outward beauty. That's what you can expect from a Mueller metal roof on your home. With a wide variety of panel styles to choose from and a selection of more than 30 designer colors, your home will be sleek and stylish and possess the strength and durability you can depend on. Give yourself peace of mind knowing that which is most precious to you is sheltered from the storm. Visit our website at MuellerInc.com where you can browse our selection of panel styles and trim profiles. Then give us a call at 877-2-MUELLER or visit one of our 33 branch locations to speak to a Mueller sales representative who can help you get started today. WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? Ah, uh, it's probably a lot like this. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris here on the Food Show, celebrating food, rhapsodizing about food for thirty three years now. A pasty, costly made, where quail and pigeon, lark and leveret lay like fossils of the rock with golden yolks embedded and enjellied. Nope, doesn't make any more sense than it did the first two times <laughs> no, I did it. it. Still, still working on it. Still, uh, still interesting, but uh, but mysteriously um, ridiculous is the word. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> five five six nine six nine six. The food forum sounds interesting. Uh, the tail. Have you been tailgating, Patty? Do you do tailgating? We don't. I have been. I have some friends who do it. So when we uh -huh. used to go to the games, we used to swing by their tailgate on the way in. Uh -huh. It's a lot of fun, and um, I've got friends they, that do it in Baton Rouge, too. That's a totally different animal in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Well, you know, we had an apartment which overlooked the tailgating section. It was right on the corner of O'Keefe and uh, Poydras at that big building. Mm -hmm. And the window from the I don't know, 12th floor looked down on the tailgating, and I used to look at it, and I used to think, boy, I'd like to do that one of these days, but I still have not done it. I almost went to a tailgate in Baton Rouge, but... Again, almost doesn't count. I think you had to have a ticket to the game to get into that tailgate or something, and I and I didn't. So, one of these days, or maybe not. It's I'm, <laughs> something I can live without. You know, it's not it's not a burning thing that I must must do, but uh, but I would like to at some point. I guess because I really I, I'm really looking for the ultimate jambalaya, but. I feel like I've found it not far from my house on Thursday, so we're going to have to go back and get some more of that. 
Let's see. We were talking about uh, about All Saints Day and Tom's visit to Lentfens after, and we didn't talk about actual Halloween. So did you eat anything special last night, Patty, or you just completely ignored the fact that it was Halloween? No, we, we <laughs> kind of completely ignored the fact. <laughs> you know, I was planning to, and this is really pathetic. I, I hate to be admittedly pathetic on the air, but um, I was going to watch the movie um, The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, which used to scare me as a kid. And somehow <laughs> or another, I had it. I had it recorded it from a couple of years ago, and I thought, oh, you know, this would be a good time to do that. And then I decided, no, I don't need to do that. So I just, I just went to bed. There was no, <laughs> no mention of Halloween at all. I had already had my own Halloween horror that day, so I didn't really need <laughs> anything else to scare me. Uh, so Tom has written in there about All Hallows' Eve, the night before All Saints' Day, an old, old holiday that dates back to the pagan Celts, perhaps before the time of Christ. The food connections now mostly involve candy, but the largest group of current New Orleans restaurant customers Customers are from the first generation never really forced to grow up, the baby boomers. We still didn't get over Halloween, and so many of us still go out in search of some pleasure to replace the bag of candy we still down deep inside feel should be coming our way today. If that's you, don't call me. <laughs> that puts up, <laughs> that puts us in restaurants. It started last Friday, where at Galatoire's, the downstairs dining room was filled with people in semi costumes. I'm sure that it's still true at Galatoire's, but I haven't been in a very long time. I don't know that I'll be going anytime soon either. It'll happen there to a greater extreme uh, on, ha on um, actual Halloween. If it falls on a Saturday, the group of women will hold their annual witches' dinner tonight at Clancy's. I know they still do that. Things would really be bad if they didn't, and many restaurants have special menus, decorations, and other fun. I think we were actually at Clancy's last year when the witches came in. I love Clancy's. I do, too. I do, too. Um, I never go, but I do really like it. I do really like it. You said Sam or Stan? Okay. Hi, Sam. Hello. I wanted to ask, if, if did you get to make your split pea soup this weekend? No. I forgot all about the split pea soup. <gasps> well, I, I was going to share this with you. I, this is just my own opinion, but the best recipe, I think, is in the Dookie Chase cookbook, the first book that uh, Leah Chase wrote. Uh-huh. But uh, if you even just follow, if you get a package of split peas and follow directions on the package, that's still good. But I think Leah Chase has the best recipe for um, split peas. You so, know, I am probably not going to follow any recipe, which is why I get into a lot of trouble. But sometimes I have fantastic successes, too. I just do it just for fun. But, you know, I I wish I'd thought about that over the weekend because I could have stopped and gotten a honey-baked ham bone. And that would have made that trip across the lake uh, even more uh, successful if I had done that. I mean, we got to eat, but that would have been even better if I'd picked that up. Rats, and, I forgot all about that. Go ahead. Yes, I'm I sorry. wanted to add one more thing. You were talking about uh, Skitch Henderson earlier and mm -hmm. Martha Stewart. Uh, my sister uh, likes things like that, books and uh, reads mm -hmm. authors like that. And there was there was a man named Lee Bailey that mm -hmm. she liked a whole lot. I didn't, didn't know if you knew about him or not. But, he he uh, was local, wasn't he? 
I don't know, but anything about uh, him, I just know his name. But uh, uh, she re- she really loved his books, and but he quit. I mean, he published several. He hadn't done anything lately. Um, maybe and, that's uh, not the same guy. It may it, not be uh, the same guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, but anyway, she did enjoy that a lot too. She liked Skid Henderson's uh, read his, uh, his um, see his pictures of his home. Uh, yeah, his home was to... was quite nice. Did you make the Did you make the split split pea soup? No, did I haven't. Inspire? I haven't done it for a while. <laughs> but I, I have a ham. Uh-huh. I put ham hock in mine, and I have the ham hock. I bought it a month ago, maybe, but I haven't made the split pea soup. Um, I haven't done it, but I, I, that's one of my favorite things to make. I, I love. The, we used we used to go to uh, up to Vicksburg. And uh, there was the uh, the old Southern Tea Room, and they they served it um, before the meal, and uh, I, that's where I think I learned to appreciate it. Are you a Mississippi guy? I, I am. Do you do you like Weidmans? That's my favorite Mississippi. Yes, we, we love Weidmans. Um, yeah, my, do, you, my nephew, do you live there now? No, I well, yeah, I live in I live in a small town named Terry, Mississippi. Uh, but uh, my nephew used to live in Vicksburg. He was a high school coach, but he he's now coaching mm-hmm. in Texas. And so we would go over there to eat um, as much mm-hmm. as we could. And I think I first went there when I was about fourteen. He wasn't he wasn't that old uh, old enough to live there then. But uh, he did mm-hmm. move there later. And but anyway, if you if, if you remember where when you when you left uh, New Orleans after Katrina, you got on. You crossed the, well, I guess you didn't cross the causeway, but you went from Covington up to Franklinton and then to Tylertown up that way, and you came to a place called Crystal Springs, and that's um, where I-55 crosses the Highway 27, which you were on. I live about six miles north of where you were at that time. Well, actually, yeah, I, I we didn't evacuate that way. We came back from Katrina that way and i will never forget that trip coming back it was just a, maybe a week after the hurricane or a few days after the hurricane and what i remember most about that trip was all of the people that were stranded on the road with no gas and how yeah. all the shelves were empty and how it was just utter chaos everywhere that's like my last memory of tyler town i think we stopped to try and get i don't know Maybe we got Vienna sausages off the shelves or something. It was, it was weird. But yes, yeah. I remember that area, but not, you know, not fondly for that reason. But anyway, I'm overdue. I wanted to go to Tyler Town. Hmm? If you went on that highway, just kept on going, you would come to Vicksburg. It comes out of Vicksburg. It goes on up to the ah, okay, Delta. Okay, How, is is Tyler Town a cute little town? I don't think I've ever really explored it. Is it a cute little town or I, or I have not? fond memories of going going to, uh, through it. Uh, we would come to New Orleans quite often when I was little, and we went that way. The, the, the interstate wasn't built, and that was the way uh-huh. to New Orleans uh, and go over, drive over the causeway. But I have real fond memories of Tyler Town, but uh, uh, I think it is. I think it's a real cute yeah. place. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. Well, always a pleasure talking to you, Sam. I am, uh, I, I'm glad that you called about the split pea soup. It went out of my mind and that was it. But I definitely do want to make some split pea soup. And, yeah. uh, and I guess I'll have to get a ham bone from somewhere. It used to be when I was growing up that we, you know, we had a family of seven kids. And so my dad had this ham stand and he would put a ham in it and just slice on it for, it seemed like weeks. And then when we finally got down to just the ham bone, it always wound up in something, usually white beans or cabbage. But um, but I, I like the idea, like Patty said, of getting the honey baked ham because I'm sure the honey would add an extra dimension that I think would be very pleasing. Yes, well, this, I didn't anyway. call for this. I didn't call for this, but my sister uh, uh, has been happy. She gets she buys soup bones in the grocery stores, uh-huh. and she's been yeah. able to find any lately. She's uh, several places have been out. She's not been able. To yeah, get you can't one. find anything. <laughs> That's a, uh, yeah. that's a real problem. <laughs> well, yes. I didn't have the soup, but I did have the crusty bread on Friday when we went to Chifuncta's. We got the poo-poo platter, and then I got this loaf of crusty house-baked bread. And that, So I, I was missing the soup, but I did have one of those items. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the soup, though. Patty, yes. remind me to make the soup. Okay. Thank, thank you for the, uh, entertaining me. I appreciate it every thank afternoon. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk to me. I would love to talk to you, but first let me tell you about Maurice's French Pastries, which is where you will find delicious French pastries as you have for, gosh, seems like 30 years uh, at least over there. Jean-Luc Albin has been serving up these delicious European-inspired treats, like 25 different versions of Kugelhoff. And he does our local favorite, seven different versions of Doberge cake. We also have uh, specialty king cakes there that he has. Um, there are three right now, but they expand throughout the year, especially at Mardi Gras time. I think he does the Galette de Roi too, which is the actual king cake, the real one, not the version that we do. If you would like to go over and visit Maurice's French Pastries, I highly recommend it. You pick up one of the delicious things that I just mentioned or any other thing, but also have a little pastry while you're there. They have coffee and a little place to sit, and you can look at them busy in the back making all of the treats that people will come and buy. If you are having a party, go on over to Maurice's French Pastries or call them and place your order now for your holiday pastries, including the Volavant, which is the large version of the oyster patty and they also have the small versions too maurice's french pastries give them a call 885-1562 or going over there at 3501 hesmer in metairie maurice's french pastries we'll be back Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. One of my favorite roast beef poor boys isn't a poor boy place at all. DiMartino's is a wonderful restaurant with traditional Italian food and excellent fish and chicken dishes, as well as the muffalettas for which they are known. 
With three locations on the West Bank that are more casual, the Covington restaurant feels upscale with good food and great prices. It's a winner. DiMartino's Covington, Marrero, Algiers, and Terrytown. DiMartino's.com. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? We do. We love a Gershwin tune. National Quail Day was yesterday, and Tom has something to say about that. Quail is a dark meat bird, easily raised on farms and not particularly expensive. The birds are so little and cute and have such a gourmet reputation that most chefs get pretentious in preparing them. Not always to good effect, but the pinnacle of quail cookery, after you've cut it in half with your kitchen shears is simple debone the bodies butterfly them season them well and just grill them over an open fire but what we usually get instead is quail stuffed with something this allows the quail to look like it actually has a substantial enough torso that perhaps a restaurant can get away with serving just one quail as an entree But one quail is nothing but an appetizer, no matter what you do to it, especially since the food value of eating a quail may be exceeded by the amount of work required to eat it. Totally agree with that. The stuffing can be good, but not usually. That's because it usually involves seafood. Tom may think, Tom says he may be off the beam on this, but he believes that seafood and poultry do not go together well. I agree with that. The effect is particularly distressing in the case of a seafood stuffed quail because there's not enough of either seafood or quail to make a statement without the other getting in the way. What Tom is trying to say is that quail are better cooked and served unstuffed two at a time. The best quail chef in New Orleans, Pat Gallagher of Gallagher's Grill in Covington, has always served them that way. The other place that quail was a phenom was also on the North Shore, and that was at La Provence when Chris Caragiorgio used to serve them stuffed with, I think, rice dressing or boudin, something like that. And uh, that was kind of a, a very well-known and much appreciated signature dish. I had quail, I'm trying to remember, it was a long time ago. And it was deboned, which made it palatable. But quail are way too much trouble to eat. Do you like quail, Patty? No, I don't. I'm not a fan of dark meat fowl. Oh, okay. I'm I'm not a quail fan. Okay. They're cute. Yeah. (laughs) They are cute. They're very cute. Also Cornish hens. Those are cute, too. Mm -hmm. All right. Deaf dining rule number 10. When entertaining visitors from out of town who have never or rarely been to your city, always take them to a restaurant with which you're familiar. Better still, to a restaurant where you are known. It will be a better evening than one even in a much better restaurant about which you know nothing. But people never did follow that advice of Tom's. I think it's true, but it doesn't bother me. If if I had someone come with me to a restaurant and we all had a bad meal, we'd probably just laugh about it. But he's right. If you're, if you're trying to impress someone or people are expecting you to know something, it is definitely a much better idea if you know where you're bringing them. For sure, for sure. So, Patty, where do you go on Thanksgiving? Well, the last couple of years, we've gone to the Maple Street Cafe uptown. Ah, uh-huh. and, yes, um, you told me that. It, yeah. It's been very good. We haven't decided where we're going this year. It, You know, it all depends on who's going to be open. And you know what else? I also, I also buy 
a cooked turkey, like from Dornex, because the only thing I miss about going out to dinner is having leftovers. So I always mm-hmm. buy a turkey to have so we can have turkey sandwiches and stuff. Okay. Um, last year, I made the most fantastically good, if I do say so myself, cornbread dressing. We used to make cornbread dressing here, and it was kind of dry. It was good, but it was kind of dry. And last year, for some reason, and this is the problem with me and cooking, when I have a hit, I don't remember how I did it because I never write anything down. So I have to kind of try and remember what I did, and then it just kind of never really happens again. But I think what I did was... I took, first of all, I used a cornbread mix, which I wanted to try specifically just because it was a new product I had seen on the shelf. And I, you know, for the show, I wanted to do it. So I bought the Zatarain's um, jalapeno cheddar cornbread mix. And what I found great about it was it made a terrific cornbread dressing. But I also found something really disturbing about it. And that was that I made the dress, I mean, I mean, I made the cornbread days ahead of time and left it in the oven just sitting there expecting it to quickly become stale, but it never did. <laughs> and I thought that was a little bit, a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I took it and I put it, I crumbled it up and I put it into, um, well, first of all, I took the Trinity and then the Andouille, I did Savoise Andouille, which to me is just the perfect spice level for my taste. And I made little dice of it and I put all of that together and then I had some, um, I had some turkey innards that were boiling in a separate pot and then when the mixture became a mixture I put the the stock from the pan into the cornbread dressing and I made it really moist it wasn't wet but it was definitely moist and then I defiantly triumphantly stuffed it into the cavity of the bird like we've been scared about doing for the last, I don't know, whenever it became scary to do it. And you lived hell about and it. And I, I mean, <laughs> I grew up eating stuffing inside of a bird for, I don't know, 35 years. Did you grow up that way, Patty? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then did you get scared out of it too or did you keep stuffing the bird? I kind of got scared out of it and I kind of yeah. got lazy out of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, when our first grandchild was born, he was born the day before Thanksgiving. And so I was out in California for Thanksgiving. And that's kind of when our, that's kind of when our Thanksgiving festivities started going really south. And people never knew if we were really going to have it or not. 
And so, you know, sometimes we were in California, sometimes we weren't, depending on when Thanksgiving fell. I mean, his birthday was always the same, but like this year, I think Thanksgiving is the day before his birthday. So, um, so we were out there for one Thanksgiving and my son's mother-in-law is a very good cook and a totally unapologetically does it her own way kind of cook. And so she stuffed the bird and I hadn't seen that in so many years. I was absolutely enthralled to see her stuff the bird into the cavity or stuff the stuffing into the cavity. And I asked her about it and she shrugged and she went, I've been doing it this way my whole life. And I went, yeah, yes, you're right. <laughs> and so um, I came back and I, I did it two years ago. I think it was the year before that I did it. And I did it again this year. And I just unapologetically stuffed the bird with the cornbread dressing and the moisture of the, maybe that was what was wrong with the cornbread dressing that Tom used to do because he did not stuff the bird. He put other things in the, in the middle of it. And this time I, I did those things around the edge, but I put the actual cornbread dressing into the bird. We're still here. It was a <laughs> spectacularly good dressing. And um, I mean, my daughter's boyfriend flipped over it. And I have to say, it was pretty great. So I want to, I mean, the only reason I want to do Thanksgiving <laughs> again this year, because it is going to be sad. Uh, the only reason I want to do it is I want to make more of that cornbread dressing. So, mm -hmm. well, you should. So we'll do it. But we used to have, you know, a turkey and we had some ham and I mean, we had Tom's root beer glazed ham, but you can't have, you can't have 20 pounds of meat for no. four people. So uh, I can't, I guess we're not going to do the ham. I don't know what we're going to do, but, um, but I definitely want to have that cornbread dressing again. And so we're doing it. And, and I just, I don't know, Thanksgiving doesn't seem right doing it you know, at a restaurant, maybe we'll ultimately wind up there. I don't know. I think I'm going to start trying to go to my sister's house in D.C. She used to do this really big, like, pilgrim kind of thing. Of course, they do make you eat venison there. I don't know. There's, mm. there's no perfect answer no. to what has become of our sad little Thanksgiving feast. <laughs> All right, that's it for the show. It is time to sign off. But first, let me tell you about WGSO's 75th anniversary. It is being celebrated with the 75 for 75 campaign we would love for you to go to the website wgso.com there's a yellow button on the front page it says donate if you click that button your donation will be tax deductible you will have another what two months to do this because we wind it up at the end of the year so please help us out with the 75 for 75 campaign and happy anniversary to wgso we also have our own platforms here at the food show. It is nomenu.com. For 50 years, Tom has been collecting information about food, be it silly stuff like what you hear in the almanac or really historic things. There's antique restaurants. There's uh, defunct restaurants. There's... 400 recipes, um, 
restaurant reviews, the list of all the open restaurants in the city. We have our podcast of the food show, which I would love to say as an aside, please tell a friend about the show. It's not much. We just have fun here. We talk about food. It's of no, <clears throat> no great import, but it isn't what else is out there, and everyone needs a break from that. So two hours a day, we just talk about things that give us pleasure. Whoever you tell will probably be very grateful that you have told them about the food show. So anyway, back to nomenu.com. Tom uh, did a publication that was print for a long time until the internet came about and then nomenu.com became nomenu.com. It's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. All kinds of things there that you would find a chance to just sort of while away some time looking at things that are very interesting having to do with food. People often send me a link from our own website about something that we're inquiring about. It's just about everything you wanted to know about food in general and New Orleans food in particular. So please visit nomenu.com. I would say sign up for the newsletter, but we are about to bring out a monthly version of that, and then I can start promoting that again. We also have our Instagram page, at the New Orleans Menu. We would love for you to follow us there. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show, and we'll be back at the same time tomorrow with the chef from Emeralds, WGSO New Orleans. It's 4 o'clock. Good night.